Amen. Praise the Lord. So I'm Tony Cole, uh, the lead pastor of the Transformers Church. If you have not met me before and if you are watching us for the first time, uh, welcome to the Transformers Church. Our mission is simple. To raise God an army of all changers. People who know they are God. People who worship the Lord. People who do what God has called them to do. And as part of helping us become these world changers, life changers, destiny changers, uh, we need to, as part of this is what we're doing this morning, and we started this on the first Sunday of the year, helping you discover God's purpose for your life. Amen. Helping you discover God's purpose for your life. So let's get into it. So today is week three of this message, of this series. Week three. And today, I will be focusing on three questions that connect you to your purpose. Three questions that connect you to your purpose. If you know those questions, and if you can know them, if you can remind yourself of those questions all the time, right, I think it will keep you in line, keep you in check. Amen. Bear this in mind. God wants you to know his purpose for your life. God wants you to know why he created you. Get this right. Get this right and don't forget. Get this settled in your mind forever and ever. The truth is this. Now, a created product or the creature cannot know its own purpose like the creator knows it. Yeah. The creature cannot know its purpose like the creator who created it. You, now, the creature can think if it has a mind of its own, like human beings like us, can think what is ideal for the use of its life is something someone told him or her, right? Or what the media tells him or her. Okay, let me try to personalize it. So let's make it more human there. So before I get too technical. Generally speaking, we think we know the purpose for our lives. Or we think we should, be, we should use our life for a particular thing or the other. Like I said last week, our ambition or what we think our life constitutes or what we should do with our life is uh, uh, greatly influenced by our environment, our culture, tradition, you know, uh, the association, our friends, the company we keep, and all kind of stuff. But I'm saying to you, if your friends didn't create you, if your parents did not create you, if your community, your society did not create you, they cannot know God's original intention for creating you. And that justifies or validates that point that the creature cannot know its purpose like the creator. Until you know God and except you know the heart of God, you cannot know the reason why he created you. And I'm saying to you that God wants you to know the purpose for which he created you. Now, if you are an, a mathematical student or if you have been a transformer for some time, you will have seen a gap there. And that gap is this. Have you gotten it? Did you get it? So I said, purpose is the intent, intent, the intention of a creator is in the mind of the creator. So the purpose for which you were created is in God's heart. Amen. The purpose for which you were created is in God's heart. 
what I'm trying to tell you is this. You have access to the heart of God. Because if I tell you the, 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 con- the, the, the intent of God for creating you is in his heart, and God wants you to know his purpose for your life, it means that you have access to his heart. You can know the mind of God for you. Friends, don't believe that lie that, you know, only a few set of people, the clergy, have access to the mind of God. In the majority, especially in Africa, where I come from, we believe there's a man of God, as a prophet. <laughs> the, man will, the man will laugh like a magician. <laughs> and they, 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 they look at you and they smile as if heaven, heaven, heaven is, at their, is, is their backyard. But that's by the way anyway. Right. So we used to think that as a particular man of God who have access to God. You know, okay, let, let me, let, let's just a little bit. You know, it's my, call, it's my custom, right? So yesterday I was speaking to uh, an old lady, uh, 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 senior citizen, I don't want to use the word old, I might got in trouble. A senior citizen yesterday, and we're talking about church and ministry generally. And I said to her, I said, Do you know what? No member of my church family has called me today for any unserious reason or any diabolical reason for deliverance or anything. I said, No member of my church has called me today. So you may think on Saturday, Sunday is busy counseling. I said, No. I was preparing for the service. I had some family things that I needed to attend to, and my wife and I needed to spend some time together to sort some things out, and many other things that needed to be sought out. And I said to her, I said, you know why? Because I don't train my people to be ignorant. I don't train them to be senseless. I train my people to be intelligent. So they know what to call their pastor for, and they know what to speak to God directly for. Amen. Friend, ministry does not depend on a person. No, it's not centered on a person. Ministry is centered on Christ. The Bible makes us to understand that even that Jesus gave out the ministry gifts to people to be a blessing to other people. It's all about Christ. He had not, he has nothing to do with me. I'm given the privilege to, and the privilege to lead people, to preach the gospel, to raise people, to train people. But it's not about me, it's about Jesus. So I shouldn't draw people's attention to me. But to Jesus, each time we come here on a Sunday, my mission is to help you get closer to Christ. It's about you and God, having a relationship with God. Amen. I'm strengthening your relationship with the Father. You've been able to know that God is your Father. See, I'm not, I am not a Jesus and I will not be another Jesus. The Bible says there's one man between God and man. <laughs> the man, Jesus Christ, he is the mediator. Jesus, the mediator, the middleman between us and God, and he has reconciled us to the Father, restored us into perfect harmony and fellowship with the Father. So no man or human should, tr- or woman should try to occupy the place of Jesus in your life. I repeat, no man or woman should try to occupy the place of Jesus in your life. So you should never have a man of God that you deify, or a woman of God that you deify, that you, and you think you cannot reach God until you reach them. It's a lie from the pit of hell, and you are making God out of man. You are into idolatry, and you should not practice this. It is sin. And any man and woman that put themselves in the place of Jesus, even though they don't use those terms, but call themselves the man of God, the woman of God, through whom you must come to meet them, to reach, to reach God, they are evil. They are devil incarnate. And I feel like, I feel like find, finding words that, is, that, that describes how gross, how evil, I want to combine them, gross and evil. Gross evil. Evil gross. That is. 
You hear things like you need a prophet over your life. It's a lie from the pit of hell. You do not need a prophet over your life to speak over your life, to oversee your life. You need Christ. The work of a prophet is to preach and teach the word of God. It's to build you in the word of God. Go to Ephesians 4.11 and find out for yourself what the prophet is meant to do. The prophet is not meant to be the middleman between you and God in the New Testament. You are not a Jew. You are not a Gentile. You are a child of God. And the Bible says in Romans 8.14, as many as received him, he gave them, I think that's John 1.12, as many as received him, he gave them the right to become the children of God. Now, Romans 8.14, what does it say? He said, uh, let's go there, Romans 8.14. Romans 8, 14 said, make us understand that we have the Spirit of God inside of us. And as a result, we have access to the Father. Say it again. For those who are led by the what? The Spirit of God, they are what? They are the sons of God. For those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So if John 1, 12, Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus has given you right to become a child of God then you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. Do you know what the Spirit of God is? The, is it means God himself living on the inside of you. So you can know the mind of God. You can know your purpose. See, you are not a destitute. You are not an aimless person. You are not a beggar. You are not an afterthought. You did not drop from somewhere. You are not an, you are not an accident. Regardless of the circumstances being surrounding your birth. You are significant, and I can say that 24-7 and all the rest of my life. That no one is an accident. If the breath of life inside of you, if the breath of God is on the inside of you, you have the life of God inside of you, you are a child of God if you are a believer. So you have access to the mind of God. You can know God's mind for you. So you can hear God per second per second. I repeat, you can hear God per second per second. You don't need a pastor over your life. A pastor is to provide guidance, is to teach you and nurture in the word of God. In the word of God, to strengthen you, to encourage you, to build you up. Not to stand as a middleman or woman between you and God. And we have to get this right and get it settled in our mind because God does not like this idolatry. No man can play the role of Jesus in your life. No man or woman can play the role of the Holy Ghost in your life. They are not. They are all, their own life as well is subject to other factors. See, it is a ridiculous thing to do to make, to make a man or woman your access point to the Father. What if they die tomorrow? You don't even know what they are practicing behind the scenes. You don't even know whether they are out of line with God. But you can easily know that if you yourself know the Father. How many times have you read in the Bible that the, the word of God is directed to a pastor as to how to connect people to him? What I mean is this. When you read the Bible and the Bible is talking to you about who you are in Christ Jesus, is addressing you, not a pastor. Amen. I have, uh, I have, uh, what's called, I have chats with my people. We have conversations, intelligent conversations. But I don't see myself and I don't make them see me as a connecting point or the connecting dot or conduit to the Father. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, no one comes to the Father but by me. Jesus is all you need. 
to connect to the Father. Amen. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Uh, Ephesians 1.13 says that when you believe, you were seed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Jesus said, we pray the Father, and we'll send you another comforter who will abide with you for heaven. The Holy Ghost is on the, is on the inside of you. It lives in you. It will never leave you, regardless of the nonsense you do in your head. As long as you belong to Jesus, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, and so you have access to the Father. I've said all that to say, you can know the mind of God for you. Amen. You can know the mind of God for you. So God wants us to know his purpose for our lives. He wants us to know his plans for our lives. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I also want to say that God's plan for your life is good. I'm going to get to the three questions very quickly, but a few things in my spirit that I feel I should call out. You know, God's plan for you is good. So no man or woman should make you feel like your own purpose in life your, or your life does not amount to as much as their own life is rubbish. So if a pastor or a prophet or one brother or sister will preach the gospel, if they make you think that, um, you know, because we are speakers, I mean, they, they preach, but you, because you are not, you've, you've not been gifted in that area, it means that you're calling, you don't have a calling or you are not significant and they treat you like a piece of trash. You better get out of that company right now as I'm speaking to you because it will not make your life better, but it will make it worse. Get this right. Every believer must learn to think. And when I say to think in this context, every believer must learn to think of how Jesus would treat them if Jesus was sitting next to them or if Jesus was on earth in a human form. I think a lot of Christians do not know who Jesus is. Because if you saw how Jesus treated people in his time when he was on earth, right? And you have an idea of how Jesus would treat you if he was on earth in human form, you should not allow a pastor or any believer to treat you less. They don't own your life. There's something my wife and I have been practicing and it's, quite, it's a kind of new to me and I'm still trying to be myself as I learn this thing. And that thing is not to allow anyone to control my life, regardless of who they are. Not to allow anyone to control my life. Not to give my life to anyone to control. I've kicked a few people out of my life recently. And I'm going to kick out more as I discover them. Because many Christians involve themselves in controlling behavior and they control your life. It's interesting how much power human beings can have in your life if you have the wrong people in your life. How do they control you? What they tell you? What they speak to you? How they instruct you? And if you place them on a pedestal in your life, or if they are authority figures in your life, they have the power to manipulate or to control you. And they can lead you in the ditch as far as possible if you allow them. Amen. So God's plan and purpose for you is good. Regardless of what you later discover as we go on this journey, I'm going to start talking about, you know, how to, those three questions. We'll talk about it in a bit. In a bit. But I need to prepare your heart so that regardless of what the Lord shows you as to what he wants to do in this season of your life or the phase of your life, 
I say season and phase by, by we caution because there's so many junk out there about this word season and phase of your life. Now, regarding where you are in your life at the moment, regardless of what God asks you to do or is showing you, I need to prepare your heart so that when you then begin to see or hear those things, you don't dismiss it because you think it's insignificant compared to what your friends are doing or what the clergy have taught you regarding purpose. Amen. So God's purpose for you is good, it's significant, and it, it plays a big role in his agenda to bless humanity. Amen. Now, it's a lie of the devil to make you think that you will not be happy in God's purpose. I shared with us last week before we had a power, uh, a power outage that, yeah, we had some stuff, uh, but it's also... Um, Power attitude to the technology, Amen. not to the facility. <laughs> right. So I, I shared with those how my life was miserable to a very much extent because I thought God was going to send me to a jungle in Africa where I could be beheaded for the sake of the ministry, for the sake of uh, yeah, ministry, for Christianity. And I didn't like that. <laughs> Something I did not say, uh, I did not get to say or complete my statement before we had the technical issue was that. The, thing, the truth is this, if God is leading you in a place, there'll be joy in your heart. There might be issues in your mind, your flesh may not like it, but there'll be joy in your heart. The Christian life is a life you live by your heart, not by your head or your mind. Not what you think or how you feel, but what's the Lord saying to you in your heart? Now, if your heart, if deep down in your heart by the Holy Ghost... God is leading you in a way that your mind does not make sense. I'm saying to you that it is in following your heart, your spirit, that you find joy and peace. See, God wants you to prosper and God wants you to succeed. But it's a shame that in Christendom, majority tend to define success as quantity. Big is successful. But that's a lie. I was listening to Andrew Womack a few days ago. And he did say, you know, he's more experienced than me and he has a lot of friends in ministry. And he said that many mega churches grew big by compromise. Many mega churches, many churches grew big by compromise, compromising on the word of God, on the truth. I've said to people, if I want my, if I want our church to grow to hundred and two hundred by the end of by the end of this quarter, I know what to say. I know what to put on social media because I know what the gullible Christian is looking for, and and the YouTube and Facebook algorithm are going to support me in that journey because they know what fickle gullible Christians are looking for, and if I post it, they eat it, clickbait and all these kind of things. I have a little bit of, bit of training in digital marketing. I have a good level of knowledge regarding the internet space. I know what people are looking for. I, I, I have access to applications that help me to find what people are looking for. But I'm not going to give people what they are looking for. I will give you what God wants you to have. So the world tends to, even Christendom, they tend, we tend to have a definition of success. And it's, it's sad that many of our young people will consider a church successful or good because of the artificial things they have. Because of the smoke screen, because there are plenty of people, because of the thousands of views they have on social. Even whether that is manipulated or not, they don't care. Because these are metrics that the Christian, that the Christian world has given to us to measure success. 
And we wonder why we are not having sound believers. We're not having our children grow to become stable in their work with God. We are wondering why suicide rate is drastically increasing and self-harm drastically increasing in the life of young people and teenagers. What are you feeding them? Parents, I I challenge parents. I challenge parents. You gotta wake up. What I say, you got to wake up. Wake up. Wake up to reality. Some friends, you might need to kick them out of your life so that your life can be secure and the life of your, of your, of your children can be safe. Why do you want to keep friendship or relationship with some people and they ruin your life and your family? Why do you want to do that to yourself? It means you, don't ha- you cannot see the value that God places on your life. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20 tells us that our body and our spirit belong to the Father. And we should honor God with our body. Your body, your life belong to God. You got, people have got to, got to wake up. Now, one sound instruction, firm instruction the Lord has been given to us in Transformers Church in 2023 is to mind the people that we allow in our lives. I've seen how people in my life controlled me, hindered my ministry, hindered my health, affected my marriage because of their presence in my life. I've had friends that are very manipulative that, you know, they have seven-star qualification in manipulation and witchcraft. Amen. They might be watching this message or not. One of them I had to block because I said, I will no longer tolerate this manipulation you've been doing for over 12 years that I've known you. You would, you would never want to change. No more. A manipulated person will open the door for the devil into your life, whether you want to believe it or not. I've, won, I've had one come into my, in our church not too long ago, so around the time we started. And I bless the name of the Lord because I stand for truth. The system and the culture I create in this church will not allow evil to stay or stand. Not everyone is called to be part of the Transformers Church. I know our purpose. I know what God is calling us to do. And anyone that would derail us from what God has called us to do, they, they have to go somewhere else. Not here. Because I'm dedicated to build people. People who know who they are in Christ Jesus. Who know they are called to be world changers. You know, when the systems of this world are falling, and they are falling, many people lose their life because they have built their life, their reputation, their character, their, not character, there's no character, it, 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 to, be, to be honest, isn't it? They have built their reputation, their life, on the fickle things of this world, and those systems are falling and they will fall because the devil set up those systems. He is the God of this world. He set up those systems to, in order to trap you into something. It's leading you into darkness, and he wants to ruin your life. I said to, a, to the lady yesterday I was talking to, I said, churches that will survive, that will last generations, will have a very slow start because you have to take roots downward and you have to build solid people because ministry is a marathon, it's not a sprint. Amen. Praise the Lord. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to succeed. God's plan for your life is good. God's purpose brings prosperity into our life. But not prosperity from the point of how many views you got if you're a pastor. Or how many friends you like. Or how many people like your, your photos. You know some people when they like your photo on social media, they're not even thinking. They just, they just click. They just tap and they move on. 
And the tap of a person determines the excitement, your own excitement. We have been fooled and deceived. All of us. I'm not saying just you. Because I had to walk my brain out of it and I'm still walking out of it. We have to get to the point whereby God is all that we need and we are, we, we, we are happy with God. And I started a new job recently and I, I've been to the restaurant, to the canteen a couple of times now, but twice, you know. And something hit my mind at some point that turned I have so much to thank God for. I was sitting in the canteen by myself, a lot of people around me. I did not feel alone or lonely. I was so happy with myself, happy in myself. But back in the days, I'll feel alone, I'll feel isolated, I'll feel shy, I'll feel uncomfortable because I was the only person sitting by myself and eating my food. I was so comfortable. And I wasn't on Facebook. You know, sometimes people go to canteen or restaurant and they're on Facebook, so they're not aware of what's going on around them. Now, I wasn't on my phone. I was eating my food and enjoying my food. And I was looking at everyone around. I was looking at a young student because I work with a university. I was looking at a student. I was, saying, I was hearing different kind of accent. And I was smiling at the American accent and all that kind of accent that I was seeing. And I was enjoying the scenery. I was enjoying the place by myself. I think my food dropped. I picked it. It was going to drop. I was like, wait, I bought my money with this, so you're not going to drop. And I didn't feel uncomfortable about it. We all have to get to the point where God is all you need and you're comfortable with yourself. Teenagers, you have to get to the point whereby if you walk as a girl, if you walk in the midst of 10, 15 boys, it doesn't make you uncomfortable. The girls understand what I'm talking about. It's a gist. It's a side gist. Amen. So I would say that, let's get into those three points. Point number one, three questions are connected to your purpose. One, where did I come from? Three questions that connected to your purpose. Number one, where did I come from? Friends, you are not a slime. You didn't come from a slime. You didn't come from a monkey. You didn't come from an ape. I'm still looking for that idiot that thought human beings evolved from ape. But you know what? The Bible says that the foolish man does not know God. So that guy is foolish to think human beings evolved from ape. I'm still looking for that senseless person that said that we evolved from an explosion. Big Bang Theory. But you know, they are foolish because they do not know God. The foolish man say, the fool say in his heart, there is no God. So why should believers be, be analyzing, considering, and try to validate or evaluate a big bang theory that was coined by human beings, that a foolish person who does not know God? We don't know what we're doing. I'm so grateful to, the, to God for the callings given to me to help people discover and become who God has called them to be. My messages are not popular, but they change lives. Amen. But they change lives. Where do I come from? So you, don't, you did not come from hip. Let's see how this is going to go. Because I don't know how I'm going to work on, uh, how I'm going to raise my kids when it comes to academics. Because I'm probably going to obscure them, pull them out. I can be very radical. You guys get to know me. The more you guys spend time with me and know me, you get to know me. My wife said, I, I remember a video. Someone was interviewing my wife back then, you know, asking her questions, why she liked me and things like that. And she said uh, something about unconventional thinking, that my thinking are unconventional. 
Yeah, I don't think like most people think. I don't like group think. You know, I like people to be able to think independently and think intelligently. Many of our young people are not thinking intelligently. You ask them, why do you say that? Why do you think that? Oh, I think they said, they said, they said, who are the day? Do you know who is behind Victoria's Secret? Do you, do you know who Victoria, do you, do you know Victoria's Secret? It's a rich man somewhere who sees girls as things and not as human beings and use them and sees them as a body figure to put the underwears on them so that I can make money. No, no, no. Victoria is not a woman. There are men behind it. There's a man behind it. I get him. So if the model on Victoria's secret door, I mean store door, is your target, you have been fooled. Because those girls are going through a hell to retain that shape. And when they go, and when they increase by one centimeter, go find out the hell they go through. How they treat them to retain that shape. So boys, men, if you are going by a model, supermodel, you have been deceived and you're one of the people making the, the matters even complicated. But we'll talk more about that when we get to singles um, and married conversations. Amen. Praise the Lord. So you have to ask, so one, one question you must have in your mind. Where do you come from? Some people are just realizing where the, Victoria, the, the secret of Victoria's secret. I can see people wowing in the, in the house. Amen. Where do I come from? Friends, you come from God. You come from God. Jeremiah 1.5, we're reading. He said before Jesus, I said Jesus, God speaking to Jeremiah, he said before I formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Okay, you may say that's Jeremiah, right? Let's go to Galatians 1.15. Galatians 1.15. Now, this is Paul speaking. Let me switch to the New King James Version. Galatians 1.15. Excuse me. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that my preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. So Paul is saying here that it, from, his, from when he was still in his mother's womb, from conception, God had separated, had marked him for a purpose, assigned a purpose to his life. Amen. So where do you come from? If you think you evolved from ape, from an ape, explosion, slime, friends, you cannot know God's heart for you. Friend, you are not a true Christian if you think you evolved from an ape. Do you know why? Your conviction cannot override your reality. No, 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 sorry. Your conviction and your reality cannot be separated. Because if you are convinced that you you are evil from an ape, right, you cannot experience God. Now, you would most of the time live like an animal, a senseless person, who is subject to circumstances around you. And no matter how much you try to fake it, 
you wonder why you don't have this tight, strong connection with the Father. You cannot have it. It's not a curse. Because you don't believe, you are not convinced that you come from him or you belong to him. So you can never have the confidence to access him. So that's what I was trying to say about your conviction and reality. Your conviction and your reality cannot be separated. Your reality is a, is a function of your conviction. What you experience, what is real in your life is a function of your conviction. Your conviction determines your reality. So if you think you evolved from an ape or Big Bang Theory, you can never really, really experience God at the core of your heart. Then you wonder why you cannot believe God. You cannot believe God because you don't believe you come from him. You cannot seek God for, your pop, for his purpose for your life because you don't believe in the core of your heart that you come from God. So the starting point for every believer to discover God's purpose for their life is to convince themselves that they are products of God. They are created by God. Because when you know and you know in the depth of your heart that you were created by God and if you're a believer, you're a child of God and you know that you have unlimited or restricted access to the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ, then when you run into crossroads, you run to who? God. If you run to other things, to things, when you're in trouble, when you have problems, situations, it's a revelation of the conviction of your heart or where your heart is. Many people who believe in the ministry of prophet, that they need a prophet over the life, right? Many of such people, now no matter how much how they say, how much they say, or render lip service to, I, I am a child of God. I believe God is my father. No matter how much they say those things or render lip service to it, I will tell you the truth. Running to a prophet shows that they don't believe that they're a child of God. And they have unrestricted access to the Father. I challenge believers to be mindful of their subconscious mind, their core beliefs and their values, their default response to circumstances and situations because those are the things that actually show the condition of your heart. And that's why believers have to be... Single ladies, listen, listen, listen. You don't determine if the guy is the right person to marry by the things he tells you. Be ready to go on dates. And when I say dates, I'm not talking about sleeping with each other. I mean eating. You know, going out on visit. Talking. Creating, you know. Go out with him to, to visit a few people and watch how he treats people. How, they treat, how does he treat his mom? His sisters, ladies generally. Watch him, observe him. If you want to know the right person to marry, you observe them. You don't only go by what they say. Listen to what they say when they are off guard. When they are angry. I have, I have elders in their house, so they will, they will coach you. you know, we'll run our singles. This is going to be an exciting time for singles. Yeah, I'm going to bring some married people here to, to tell you stuff. I've always done eight years in marriage, but I have people I've done 20, 25 years. So you, you, singles, we're going to tell you some very serious truth. That will save you from problems. Amen. So your conviction determines your reality. And um, you, your reality cannot be different from your conviction. So be mindful of what you are convinced about. But I'm saying to you, the starting point to discovering God's purpose for your life is to be convinced that you are God's offspring. That you were created by God. 
that God is your father. If there's anything you should meditate on for the rest of the day and the week or continuously is I am a child of God. If you're a believer, if you're born again. I am a child of God. God is my father. He's responsible. He will never ignore me. Now, I understand. Now, many people say in their mind, but I believe God is my father. But why doesn't he come to my rescue or to my aid most of the time? That's a different conversation for another day. Because how God relates with human beings and how God works in the system of the earth is very different from your biological father who is physically present with you. Amen. But that is a sermon or a series on his own. Praise the Lord. So, God has never left you. God has not abandoned you. God will never forsake you. But you need to know how God works and how God relates with you. Amen. Your earthly father may condemn you. Your earthly father may spank you, inflict pain on you in an attempt to teach you a lesson. But God doesn't do that. Praise the Lord. So, can I be very clear? We did not come from our parents. So, some people see their parents as, is it? Friends, you did not come from your parents. You came through your parents. And that is why your parents should not be an hindrance to your destiny, to your life. If you think you, are, you come from your parents, what if your parents are, died, are dead? Are going to be with the Lord? Does that mean your life has ended? You see one of the reasons why many people, because they were abandoned by their parents, don't seem to have a life because they think their parents is it. Friends, shall I get excited? He said, the moment you, could, the moment you can be on your own, you should look at your parents and say, thank you for what you've done. It's time to fly. I'm gone. I will repay you by God's grace. I'll be a faithful child. I will look after you. I'll keep coming back and checking on you to ensure you're doing well because you've invested in my life. But now I have got to spread my wing to go out there on my walk with God to do what God has called me to do. When you realize that you did not come from your parents and that God created you for a purpose, you don't attach your life to your parents such that when they stand in the way of the Father, in the way of God for your life, you allow them. No, nobody, no adult should allow their parents to stand in the way of God's plan and purpose for their life. Because they are custodians of, their, of your life for a moment, a season. I think we need to get back to the basics of parents so that parents can understand something. A parent should not lose their life because they are trying to raise kids. You abandon your life. You, everything in your life is not working, it's not functioning. And then now the child are grown and they want to go. They want to leave. And you realize that you, did not, you, did, you didn't do anything tangible with your life. Now you want to go control them when they're married. No. Every child has a right to kick you out of their home with all due respect. If you're having problems with some mothers and some fathers, contact me. I can teach you how to do it. No sentiment. I've seen how parents wreck the life of their kids. Wreck. Wreck their home. Wreck their marriage. And the children are bitter towards the parents. But you allow them. He's my father. He's my, my father, my father said, you're a 32-year-old man. You said your father said, your father said, no, that home is your territory, your space. And your father must learn to recognize the, his own boundaries. Your parents should not run your marriage, not run your home. If they do, it's because you allow them. 
my mom said to someone, they, they, they brought a message to me in the UK at some point. They said, Tunde is strong. They said it in, my, in our language. Tunde is strong. To help you, back you, Tunde lay. You have to be lace. <laughs> you have to be lace. You have to be strong. You have to be tough. So for my English friends, you have to be tough. Tough in a nice way. Be kind, but tough. Stand your ground. I repeat, you did not come from your parents. You came through your parents. You came from God. Read a verse of the Bible that says, before I formed you, your parents did not form you in their womb. I mean your mom. He formed you. So who should we honor? The carrier of the formation or the, or the former? The carrier of the formed or the former? The one who formed. The one who created the biological system for a baby to form in the womb of a woman. That's the one we should honor. That's the giver of life. That's the one who gave you breath. Praise the Lord. Where do I come from? Praise the Lord. Next one. Who am I? Who am I? John 1, 12, as many. Let's go there. John 1, 12, very quickly. Question number one, where do I come from? Question number two, who am I? John 1, 12. Watch this. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Watch this. Who were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So phase one, who am I? I've tried to, uh, point number one, who am I? Sorry, where do I come from? And I've tried to establish the fact that we did not come from our parents. We came through our parents. Now, the next phase of your life, in a sense, after you are born into this world through your parents, is to be born into the family of God. First birth, and that's, that is why we call it born again. The first birth is a natural birth. Born into this world, human world. The next birth is a spiritual birth. Right? That's what we call it, born again. And that's being born into the family of God. So to access the heart of God, you've got to be born into the family of God. Because and how, how you're born to the family of God is by receiving Jesus, inviting Jesus into your life. And when you receive Jesus, you receive the Spirit of God. Now, the Spirit of God carries something we call regeneration. A rebirth in you. It recreates your spirit. So, exteriorly, physically, you, you do, nothing, those, things don't seem to have changed. But internally, in the core of your core of you, something has changed. You become a new person. Amen. You become a new person. You become born again. You are now a child of God. Right. So, who are you? Fundamentally, as a believer, you are a child of God. You came from God, but the fact that you came from God does not mean you belong to God. It's a, law, it's a whole story we'll we talk about that in the future. Who are you? You are a child of God. Now watch this. Let me, let's make it more elementary. Now, you are not your skin color. You are not your race. You are not your tribe. The Bible says there's no male and female in him. There's no Jew or Gentile in him. You are not your culture. You are not your tradition. 
know, talking about making reference back to the previous point and your, your previous question, you know, you, sometimes your parents want to control your life and run your life and run it down. So many times parents want to fulfill their evil vision through their children. Wickedness. I don't blame them. They don't know better. That's how most of the time the African culture has educated most people. So parents will invest in you so that when you grow up and start working, you are indebted to them forever. That's not right. My grandmother said to me before she passed on, she said, Tunde, you guys need to keep coming to your mom's mother's house, blah, blah, blah. You know, she's beautiful for you guys, blah, 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 blah. I said, she didn't build it for me. I said, I'm going to build my own. And I'm going to live in my own home. We'll look after our house, but she built her house for herself. Amen. She built the house for herself. I'm going to build her house for, by God's grace. I built it for her, of my choice, my will, my desire, my pleasure. She was surprised. Because some, all the way back, I don't want to give too much, um, too much away. Yeah, but some of my uncles still live with their parents. So when some parents are building their home, they build rooms and apartments for their sons to bring their children, their, their wife in. No, that's not me. The Bible makes me to understand that I leave my parent and I cleave to my wife. I will become a new unit, a new entity to carry as his assignment, to do what he's called us to do. Amen. So you are not your culture and you don't allow your culture to run you. You are not your race, so you don't allow the traditions of your race to run you. When you are born again, you are a child of God. You are born into the kingdom of God, and you will operate by the principles of the kingdom of God. Amen. I'm actually just starting. I thought I was going to be able to cover the three questions. Yeah, so um, a few points very quickly. Uh, one minute. You are not a piece of junk. You are not a piece of junk. Teenagers, listen carefully. You are not a thing. Now that, 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 I'm trying to be nice, but let me call it what, what is it? That stupid thinking among teenagers where they treat each other like things. Oh, you, oh, you're dumb. Wait, 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 wait. I've not been hearing fights. I've not been hearing parents report their kids to me that, Pastor, this person had a fight with their friend in school because they called them a name that starts with B. I've not started, I should start hearing those. So I was trying to say all my, all my, all my girls in this house are working with same people in school. What I'm trying to say, somebody call you, I wish I could call you, but I'm a pastor, I won't say it. Somebody call you a dirty name, you look him in the face and say, never in your life call me such name. Whether you want to believe it or not, the names people call you repeatedly is conditioning your mind to see yourself that way. So if you wonder why you see yourself to be a thin, insignificant, useless. You see yourself to be promiscuous. We should ask you, what name are you answering to? You see yourself to be drunk. You see yourself to be an idiot. You see yourself to be dumb and stupid. If, one of the things is this. People may, have, people may have been calling you that name and you believe it. Or you are calling yourself that name, but that's not who you are. An idiot cannot fulfill God's plan and purpose. Do you know what God's plan and purpose is? God's plan and purpose is excellent and affect lives. So if you are an idiot, don't think of, if you think you are an idiot, don't think of discovering God's purpose for your life. Because God's purpose is not for idiots. So you are not a piece of junk. Amen. 
let me quickly say one or two points that I know are strong in my spirit. You are not just a number. And the workplace can treat you like number, like you're just one of the numbers, resources, stuff like that. But you're not just a number. You are significant. So what the world thinks of you is up to them. But what is your conviction? Who do you think you are? Amen. I think I showed that because I've taken three more minutes of your time. We'll take it off from here next week, and we go into other stuff. I still have a lot of stuff to help you guys with to destroy the foundations and the stronghold of evil thoughts about yourself and imagination about yourself so that you can begin, your eyes can be open to begin to want to know what God's plan and purpose for your life is. Amen. Don't forget where we started from. The, the few things I've said for the first 10 minutes thereabout is the word of God to some people is not in my note. Right? So you have to hold on to that. You're a child of God. You are born of God. Amen. You are not insignificant. Your place in life is significant, and particularly that you don't need a man of God. You don't need a human mediator between you and God. You are a child of God. And I hope you're able to connect this together. Because when you realize you don't need a mediator, you can lose yourself and free yourself from the control and manipulation of people. Friends, you're not the only one in this journey. I'm there as well. I'm taking, I'm oppressing people from my life who have been controlling me and messing me about for many years. I'm doing it. Anyone I cannot reply, anyone I don't feel, unco I feel uncomfortable to answer, to text, to answer their text, and I feel I have to, or they get angry. I, I, I have stopped replying to them, and I choose to reply someone when I think is right. No one has control over your life. If someone come around you and harass you because you didn't answer their, you didn't reply to their message, they may have some level of control controlling you. This is time to deliver yourself from the hand of manipulative and controlling people. Sad to say, some of them don't know that that's what they are doing, but I know a person I give seven star in manipulation, they are very good. Ah, they are good. They will fake the cry. You know, like Kardashian, you know, I stumbled on the video, Kardashian, when the matter between herself and somebody who was, long story ago, and she started to cry. I said to my wife, I said, that cry is a lie. That cry is a lie. And this whole person too, they can, they just start, oh, I can't believe. Ah! Five, seven star. Praise God, let's bow heads of prayer. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word that has come to us expressly and sound and strong. And Lord, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that our heart is quickened, our mind is strengthened in the name of Jesus to pursue, to our eyes to be open to see that we come from you and that we are your children and we have unrestricted and only unlimited access to you so that we can begin to occupy our place in you and when you begin to show us who we are, what you want to do through us, we can embrace it because we are beginning to understand that it's your purpose that brings satisfaction, joy, prosperity, health in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, as you continue on this journey with us in our sleep, when we wake up, when we have, when we are having our meal, opening our eyes, teaching us, educating us, putting us, helping us to occupy that place so that when God begins to speak to our heart or when, we, our, when God begins to speak to our heart about the next thing he wants us to do, we'll be able to receive with confidence and joy in the name of Jesus. And many that God has not spoken to that will begin to we'll be able to receive and with joy step into what he has in store for us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.